All right, everyone, if you can hear my voice, please make your way to the main stage. We are about to start the next panel. Really excited to introduce this group of people. Uh, this is a conversation that uh, originated with uh, Sean Simon uh, talking about, you know, just exploring the resources that are available for entrepreneurs from Tulsa. We've got a lot of great people coming to our city. This panel is really about how we're investing in people that are born here, that are from here. Uh, excited to introduce this next group of people uh, for Born on Black Tech Street with Tyrants Billingsley, Sean Simon, and Desiree Friesen. All right. How's everyone doing? All right. How's everyone Saturday? Consuming lots of great knowledge, and it's hot. Yep. <laughs> it is very hot, but that's one of the things that I love about uh, actually living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is the heat. So it's my favorite thing, <laughs> and the sky. <laughs> so great, so I'm glad everyone was able to make it out to the summit this weekend to consume lots of great knowledge, and I'm so happy to um, have this panel for today. So what we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do some introductions, talk about who we are and what we do. I'm gonna let our panelists introduce themselves, and then we're gonna jump into some questions about Black Textry and what it means to us and how we're growing and developing it in our different ways. So with that, I'm gonna uh, introduce our first panelist, <laughs> Sean. Yes, my name is Sean Simon. I'm the founder of Stace. Um, with Stace, we're a management and payments platform for SMB restaurants, um, as well as SMB retail businesses. Uh, born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I'm relocated back you know, to Tulsa, been in Dallas for the past 10 years. Um, you know, built up several companies out there. Most recently, we had an exit with the software company in Dallas. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to be back, you know, happy to build, you know, build here in Tulsa, you know, with the community as well. Hi, everybody. My name is Tyrants Billingsley. I'm the founder and executive director of Black Tech Street, and I'm also the co-founder and board chairman for Tulsa Creative Engine. <clears throat> so, you know, we thought about what Black Tech Street kind of came about when I thought about, you know, what could Black Wall Street have been had it been supported and not destroyed. And you know, when I thought about the level of tenacity that it took for these entrepreneurs to build these incredible businesses during Jim Crow, you know, the smashing through walls and the out of the box thinking kind of reminded me a lot of the tech industry. And you know, that's kind of when I had this three-pronged epiphany, which is, you know, one, tech is one of the only industries you can build intergenerational wealth in seven to 10 years in via successful exit. Um, two, tech is the core medium through which most global innovation and the creation of new wealth generating markets takes place consistently. And then three, that you know, by the year 2030, there's projected to be 4.3 million vacant high paying tech jobs due to a tech talent shortage. So when I thought about all three of those things, I not only saw uh, an incredible wealth building opportunity for black people, I kind of saw the black Wall Street vision push to this new horizon. So I kind of envisioned had Black Wall Street been supported and not destroyed, it would be nothing other than a premier black tech hub. So that's where the name Black Tech Street comes from. And um, our org, um, you know, our mission is to rebirth Black Wall Street as a black tech capital, but also catalyze this movement that sees black people embrace tech as a means to build wealth and impact the world. So in the day to day, we serve as a liaison between the Tulsa ecosystem and black tech opportunities. So we partner with different companies and programs to get resources that will help black people either break into the tech workforce or become tech entrepreneurs. 
And <clears throat> my name is Desiree Fryson. I am the director of programming with Build in Tulsa. And Build in Tulsa partners with organizations like Black Tech Street. We are working to catalyze multi-generational wealth for black tech founders. We partner with three accelerator programs here in Tulsa, which are Act Tulsa, the Black, uh, the Build in Tulsa Tech Search Accelerator Program, and Lightship Capital. We also have partners outside of like Black Tech Street, like Urban Coders Guild. Hopefully, a few of you've heard of Michael Vaughn, who's leading those efforts there. And we partner with other organizations here in Tulsa to help elevate black entrepreneurship. We do pitch competitions. We have uh, free tech programs like the Build Up Workshop Series. We do, um, we actually just launched a Boost Micro Grant program to help elevate entrepreneurs who actually just may not even be tech but need some type of tech enablement or tech infusion to help run their business models or help at least enhance and improve it at this uh, point in time. So our um, micrograms help to cover costs in that uh, nature. So we have a host of, host of different programs to help elevate black entrepreneurs here in Tulsa. And I'm actually not from Tulsa. I was brought here through the program uh, in Tulsa last year to work with uh, Build in Tulsa. So I'm excited to be working with partners like Sean and uh, Tyrants as well. All right, so let's dive into our first question. Um, so what are some of the big things that need to happen to truly make Tulsa like Black Tech Street, like to really compete on that market? So you know, from my vantage point, um, you know, definitely early stage capital is probably uh, the chicken before the egg, right? Um, and when I say early stage capital, I'm pertaining to, you know, angel capital, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, because there is, you know, there is many options of, you know, say seed stage or, you know, uh, institutional round, you know, capital that's available. Um, but for, you know, the community and for founders, you know, to really kind of get off the ground, you know, that access to, you know, angel stage capital, but also, you know, access to, you know, a community of founders to where, you know, we have, uh, you know, resources, you know, mentorship resources, um, you know, that, that we're able to take advantage of and we're able to move forward, right? Because, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, within black founders, you know, not just here, but just across the United States is is resources, right? And, you know, it's a combination of capital, it's a combination of mentorship, um, and it's a combination of that facilitates growth, right? Um, you know, there's enough talent, you know, for black founders to continue to move forward. Um, but, you know, the combination of those things is definitely something uh, you know, that needs to be in place, you know, that needs to be cultivated, um, you know, that will allow, you know, Black Tech Street to, you know, take on the mantra and really be, you know, what it is, you know, for, uh, you know, for the tech founders to really be able to thrive. I don't think I need to say much, but no, but no, I 100% I agree with you. Early stage capital is a key component. I also think a, a core narrative change of, you know, who it looks, what it looks like to be a tech founder. Um, who can be a tech entrepreneur? That's one of the key deals. I mean, of course, resource-wise, you're going to need capital. You need a host of entrepreneur support programs like Building Tulsa offers. Um, you're going to need access to workforce so you can hire the right people. But I think at a more fundamental level, one of the largest reasons why the tech industry looks the way it is outside of systemic issues is because of the way we talk about tech and the way people perceive who can and should be in tech, whether you be a CEO or a worker. So I think one of the things that positions BTS to do something incredible is channeling the Black Wall Street narrative that we have towards entrepreneurship, specifically towards the tech industry, I think is gonna be one of the most grassroots, like massive shifts that we could see that'll see black people say, you know what, this is an industry that is ripe for me 
to build wealth from our family. Can it's you give right. us an example of one of those narratives? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, simply like look at look at what happened with Black Wall Street. Like first and foremost, when O.W. Gurley bought the land down here, they put out these ads that said, "You come to Tulsa to build your vision." And you know, you, that's how you got black entrepreneurs from all over the country flocking to Tulsa. I mean, fun fact, Tulsa was called Greenwood because the largest amount of entrepreneurs that came to Tulsa were from a town in Mississippi called Greenwood, Mississippi. But what, what I, the reason I point that out is because all, all they did was they, they blasted out this new idea that Tulsa's this place you can come to build your dreams and it won't be, in, it won't be encumbered, you know, it'll be unencumbered by a lot of the racist issues that you typically would face. Now, unfortunately, that didn't ultimately end up being the case. It was for a while, but it wasn't ultimately. Um, with BTS, I think getting these kids, whether they're young or whether they're new entrepreneurs coming in and saying, by you going into the tech industry, you are helping follow in the footsteps and create the next iteration of Black Wall Street. I don't think there's a more powerful narrative to get people to embrace something they haven't typically touched. <clears throat> So for Sean, for you, when did you realize that you were a tech entrepreneur? Like, when did you realize you had it in your blood? So I've, I've been an entrepreneur or, you know, where I'm from, we like to call, you know, black people the entrepreneurs, we like to call them hustlers, right? Uh, so I've, you know, quote unquote, been a hustler pretty much my entire life. Um, but it wasn't until um, I moved to Dallas that I, you know, I got exposed to essentially tech, right? Tech companies. Um, you know, I you know, playing around on the internet, different things like that. And someone came to me, he's like, you know, this is a company, right? I just thought, you know, Snapchat was a product. There's a company behind this. Um, so, you know, just kind of doing different things. And, you know, I became exposed to that, right? You know, you know, down within down within Dallas, because Dallas is a thriving community. Uh, you know, the startup scene is, is really growing and really bustling. Um, so, you know, from in there, uh, I mean, I took the opportunity to get into an early stage startup, right? Um, which, you know, I recommend, you know, anyone that wants to, you know, found a company or, you know, work for a company to get into an early stage, stage startup because it essentially kind of turns into an MBA, right? You know, you're going to learn everything about the company. You're going to learn everything about, um, you know, about the industry, about the market, you know, different verticals because you're doing everything, right? You know, when you're in an early stage startup and it's only five people, it's not necessarily roles, it's not necessarily hierarchy. It's just kind of getting things done. Um, so it's almost a crash course in the moving forward. Um, so, you know, going through there and going through, you know, various different companies, that was that was my introduction, right? And that was okay. You know, the tech is the revolution, and you know, for us is you know how can how can uh, you know we we capture this, right? You know, how can we capture the present as well as the future? Because it wasn't going anywhere, right? You know, it wasn't going anywhere, and as of now, you know, it's still growing, right? It's still new tech that's coming out. It's still different verticals. The tech is evolving. You have AI, you have AR, VR, etc. Um, so for me, it was okay. You know, we need to need to be a part of you know moving forward. Um, you know, the way of life. So that was that was why and that was, you know, the reason why, you know, yeah. still staying into this. But you day. were exposed to that in Dallas. And so and now we look at that and how do we get that exposure here for our youth going back to what Tyrants was talking about, how that exposure starts young and then also being able to work for an early stage startup does give you a lot of those skill sets that you need to kind of break out right. um, uh, as an entrepreneur on your own eventually. And so, but then it's like a chicken and egg situation is that's where we need the, <laughs> right. you know, we need the angel market, you know, the money, just the capital market. And then, right, we need the workforce development market, but then we need the enough like pipeline of companies right. here as well that are accelerating and growing, but then to grow, they need the capital. So it's just like, it's, it's like, 
It's a conundrum. It's like a vacuum of issues, you know? And so, so what else besides just the capital and the workforce do you think that we need to really grow I think, Tulsa um, market? I think another big thing is visibility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, you know, we're doing different things. It, it wasn't a lot of visibility in you know, black and brown or underserved people in tech, right? Um, you know, even if there were, we didn't know where they were. We didn't, you know, we didn't know who to look for. So it was almost, you know, kind of pioneering into something new, right? Even to this day, I still talk to people and I tell them, you know, what we're doing. They're like, well, I don't know. What is that, right? You know, what are you doing? Um, so visibility into, you know, into what tech is, you know, it's not, you don't always have to be a founder or entrepreneur, quote unquote. Um, but, you know, being a part of, you know, what's going on, is 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 huge right so you know for us in terms of you know youth or you know teens you know trying to you know figure out what they want to do within the city um if we're visible you know you have more, you have really really i would say dynamite founders that are in in tulsa right now right you know just kind of you know spread out the different sectors if you know we're able to kind of put them you know within the forefront you know to show okay hey, there's people that look like me that are young that, you know, that are thriving, that are being successful and doing something completely different. You know, not, you know, sports and entertainment, you know, they're actually able to, you know, do do various different things that they're probably not thinking about. Uh, so visibility is, is huge. I mean, any industry could be, you know, re-engineered and, <laughs> and there's tech in there, you know. Right, right. There's tech everywhere. <laughs> um, so what are some of the programs and organizations um, currently doing in this space? Um, in Tulsa that you would like to elevate besides your, yourselves, like what you, the work that you're doing? I mean, there's too many to name. Building Tulsa would be clearly clearly one of the big ones. Um, I really want to elevate Act House because Act House is doing some genuinely incredible work. They um, The Act model actually stands for Architect, Creative, and Techie, and Dominic Artist is actually trying to figure out what is the formula for getting uh, the, creating the right teams that make co- companies that are successful and make them scale? So offering the 70K and non-dilutive capital is, I mean, we talk about capital, non-dilutive capital is really a game changer if you're able to get it. Mm-hmm. So clearly elevate, elevating them because I've been one to really, really been able to give them flowers for a while. So um, I think they just had their, their second demo day. Yep. Um, they've got another one coming up. I'm excited to see what uh, the Tech Stars Accelerator does. Um, actually, actually, I wonder if you want to go in a, a little bit more about them, um, yeah. Desiree. I'd like for people to hear about. That. Yeah, the Tech Stars Accelerator just launched um, August eighth, so they are in, they just completed week six, and we have twelve companies. Two are from Tulsa, who have come all from across all um, way across the country, uh, and we have con- uh, companies that are doing things in like uh, clean tech and um, ag tech. We have a uh, woman, uh, Don Cornelius, who's working on one uh, app called uh, Human, and it helps you uh, describe the human in dating. And so it's supposed to make dating um, different than what we're used to and then the Bumble and the Tinder world and the environment, especially for 40 plus individuals. And so even though you know I'm getting up there, I'm not there yet, that one's the most interesting to me. And, and so in like a market like Tulsa, um, just bringing it back for a second to infrastructure is something that, um, when we think about bringing in companies, and I'm thinking of infrastructure and men because you know the dating pipeline is weak here in Tulsa, you know, but to really have a, a thriving market, I think those are you know certain things that do attract people. And so, what do you think that this market also needs help with in, in terms of infrastructure, and uh, in, in kind of bringing in and developing the type of talent that we want to see here in Tulsa? 
So the infrastructure in Tulsa actually does still need a lot of work. And um, even though we're talking about entrepreneurial infrastructure, I would even go so far as to talk about things like broadband, access to technology, like on a very basic level, specifically black Tulsans, you know, we there's a big divide there. And if we want to get to being the kind of hub we need, we need to be, we not only need the entrepreneurial infrastructure, we need to get people access to internet, people access to technology, people digitally literate, um, like on a basic level. But when it comes to the actual ecosystem, I mean, for infrastructure, I think having physical space for, you know, uh, black tech entrepreneurs, I know those are some things that are on the way, um, a space for people to congregate, a community for people to actually interact with, you know, rather than just see every now and then at events, but a place for them to truly be knit together and have access to resources. Um, I also think that another big thing that is missing, kind of like as you talked about visibility, I think there needs to be more, which is actually something B BTS is um, on a verge of you know, taking on. There needs to be more of an elevation of the entrepreneurs who've been successful here and who are being successful here. Because when you see people who've done it, that becomes a game changer for you and that, that really helps shatter your art of the possible. So I think in terms of that infrastructure, those things are probably most crucial. And that's like media infrastructure there too. That's media entertainment. We have the Black Wall Street Times. Um, have you guys heard of that before? Yeah, my friend, great, great. And so, but we need more of that, right? We need to elevate more of, of our narrative. So that means that we need that kind of like base infrastructure of more of, of us in those seats as well, kind of telling those narratives. And so, yeah, there's just so much. And then everyone's talking about the organizations and as we're sitting here in Holberton and, and we're thinking about tech education and this is one platform, Urban Coder Skills, one platform. And then of gatherings places, there's 36 degrees north, which has three locations now, and we'll be building a mega uh, location across the street. And so there's gathering spots, but there's still, you know, still going to be so much work to be done to really create the the sustainable infrastructure to create different levels of from idea to MVP to growth stage all the way to Series A, Series B, and scale and up. And so making sure that we have the infrastructure to Mash the needs of companies across all different um, all, all different levels, and so the organizations and programs that are, are currently existing are doing great jobs, and and so that's why we need you guys and the work that we're doing to not only just take advantage of the programming, but also that's where you become the creator yourselves. And we're at the Spark Summit, and we're talking about energy, new ideas, and elevation as well. And so this is where where space is being created for us to be able to provide that. Um, that feedback and contribute to others and hopefully what we see and what we can build here together going to the basis of what you're talking about, Pirates. I mean, there's a, you know, the company that's, you know, putting on this, the festival and not necessarily putting on, but the management process of this festival is black founders, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, they're building a company here in Tulsa. So, you know, like I said, in terms of visibility, you know, these are things that needs to be, you know, pushed to the forefront, right? Um, and even us, you know, being on the stage right now, um, and, you know, for us, you know, everyone that's in the audience, you know, part of that is, is, is passing on information, right? You know, the transfer of information, the transfer of access, you know, it's not many in the crowd, but that's, that's how it starts, right? You know, in terms of, okay, hey, what we heard here, now we can go find someone that we can tell it, right? And then from there, they can find someone that can tell it, right? they can find someone that can grow it. Um, ideally, you know, this is almost kind of a, a microcosm of what we're talking about, right? Um, you know, the promotion, you know, the, the visibility of even what we're doing on a panel, right? It's kind of lackluster in terms of, you know, 
the visibility for everyone to be able to know what we're talking about, right? And so that's that's what I mean, right? That's what I mean in the sense of the resources, the different things that 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 needs to be had that aren't present, right? You know, this room should be packed in terms of what we're talking about. So everyone that's sitting within the chair can say, hey, what Tyron said, what Sean said, what Desiree said needs to be, you know, heard, right? We need to pass this along to, you know, youth within, within you know, the community. We need to pass this along to other founders, you know, that are within the community so it can t- continue to grow. That's the groundwork. That's, you know, the fundamental foundation of, you know, how it will, how it will move forward. Um, and, you know, for us, we, we have to take the reins on that, right? Because um, it's not necessarily going to be pushed voluntarily. You know, that's, that's just a fact of the matter. Um, and, you know, we have to take the reins and we have to really move that forward. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to figure out right now is how does the interplay, what is the interplay of culture with, you know, the, with entrepreneurship and these movements? I mean, we see, whether it be with TikTok or music or whatever else, anything that young people latch on to and that gets embedded in culture really ends up exploding. So knocking on that door of how we get the tech into the, you know, mainstream, that, that culture um, that, that is so viral these days, I think that's I think that's how we get how we get it to where it's it's scaling beyond beyond what we could even imagine. Sorry, that was such a great question. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that kind of um, goes into the next one uh, about talk about the importance of investing in locals, but also having the wisdom, experience, and influence of tech leaders from outside of Tulsa. So. You know, I love, you know, building Tulsa. I love Tulsa Remote. Um, you know, obviously I'm from here. So, you know, any progression, you know, of the city. You know, I, I grew up not too far from here. So, you know, as kids, we would come around and downtown wasn't, you know, really a place to go, right? Um, you know, it wasn't a place to hang out. You know, it was a very dangerous area. Um, it's actually funny when I drive around, I see 
certain buildings and how they like high rise condos. I'm like, man, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, and and it's and it's the same building, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I love you know what these programs you know bring to the city and and the talent you know that's driving you know to the city now, um, you know, with founders that are here, um, but not only building in Tulsa, but building with Tulsa. Um, you know, that's that's something that, uh, you know, should be just as aggressive. Right. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of of local colleges. Right. You know, whether it's in Tulsa, whether it's in Oklahoma City, but also in terms of, you know, high school or just community in general. Right. You know, obviously, we know that there's a gap in terms of, uh, you know, tech understanding or tech learning, but everyone doesn't have to be a developer. Everyone doesn't have to, you know, um, you know, run data. Everyone doesn't have to, you know, be in finance, right? You know, there's tons of roles in sales. There's tons of roles in customer success, customer support, user experience, et cetera. Um, you know, that doesn't have the necessary, uh, you know, education, you know, that's needed, right? You know, but these these roles produce higher level salaries, right? You know, the baseline of certain, so, you know, some of these jobs, $60,000, $70,000, Trust me, I, I pay them. You know, payroll can be crazy. <laughs> so, you know, these things, you know, are, you know, base level jobs, but, you know, can provide, you know, opportunity and access, you know, for these individuals because that's the community, right? That's people. That's those are the people that are, you know, shopping. Those are the people that are buying things in the community, buying restaurants. So, you know, the local community is relying upon them, right? So, you know, for us or even, you know, within these programs that bring individuals in to build, um, you know, within the community, um, you know, we have to, you know, take responsibility in in hiring your local community. And I understand, you know, everything is remote, which is great, right? But, you know, we have to, you know, say, okay, well, a certain percentage of our hiring cohort should be, you know, local individuals. Um, you know, to where we can, you know, continue to, you know, grow grassroots. And those individuals respond more, right? They might, you know, go on to be, you know, founders or they might go on to be directors at, you know, other different companies. But that's, you know, that's the part of it that, that needs to, you know, continue to move forward. So one of the things that, you know, I've, I've had conversations with Tulsa Remote about and, um, you know, Act House as well is, when we bring in entrepreneurs and we bring in people in tech, rather than simply just having them be here, pairing them with different mentor, advice mentors with different people within the community more directly so that their presence is more immediately, you know, being felt um, in the sense that, you know, I got paid to come here, I got courted to come here, but, you know, and I'm coming here and building my business here in Tulsa, but I'm also building a community here by I'm putting knowledge into it. I'm, I'm mapping out where all the black businesses are. And I'm spending that money that I'm that I'm getting from that I'm getting from my, my success with the black businesses. I think there's a system that can be created to where we have people who come in who are being the beacons that they need to be, but are also kind of also forming the infrastructure that's helping uplift the people who are already here. So I think that that model is how ultimately how they'll play off of each other to help our city help our city move. And when you see, you know, other tech hubs just across the country, um, you know, what drives, you know, these the growth and the ecosystem of these hubs is the local community. Right. You know, it's obviously, you know, there's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more advancement in terms of, you know, understanding. But, you know, you have Boston, you have Austin, you have you know, the the Bay Area, you have Miami, you know, these all, you know, there's people that are in the city where right? you speak to a lot of the, uh, 
uh, you know, successful founders, they grew up here, right? You know, they grew up in these areas. They grew up in Seattle. Um, obviously, that, that's a long game that takes time. But everyone, you know, that's here now are the builders, right? You know, we might not be able to see well, you will see the results of what our company is, but you know, in terms of the easier it comes, the further down the line it goes, right? Uh, Saxon, I was talking to one of my friends not too long ago. He was in YC. He was in the early stages of YC, and um, you know, they're, they're originally their first checks was like twenty thousand dollars, right? But now they're giving out five hundred thousand dollars checks. But if it wasn't for him taking the twenty thousand dollars and blowing the company up, they wouldn't have got to the point to now those founders can get in and get five hundred thousand dollar check on the first check. So that's kind of responsibility of, of of what we're doing right now. For tyrants or for myself, capital access, you know, for early stage it might be harder, right? But you know, say the kid right now that's in McLean High School, once he goes through, you know, four or five years later, six years later, however whatever the case may be, okay, well now there's ten VC firms, there's an angel group. Um, uh, Black Tech Street is now an accelerator, right? Now we have a full angel group where we can deploy capital, you know, for certain criteria that we list, right? So, you know, that's the process of it. You know, that's the process that has to be had. Um, it is a long game, but, you know, if we continue to, you know, part of course, you know, it'll make it happen. Who in the city or state do we need to partner with to kind of drive some success in these areas? Ask it one more time. What's who like to help drive some of these? You know, because you know one of the things I hear a lot is about community integration and you know working in the schools a lot. And so, to me, I also hear that means working with some city agencies um, and departments or um, initiatives or programs or relying on some of these uh, potential resources to help drive some of this work. That's just what I'm assuming. <laughs> but so if there's not a partnership there, then you know that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're getting we're getting the partnerships we need. Um, BTS and Building Tulsa both partnered with Tulsa Innovation Labs on the uh, Build Back Better grant that we recently won. So I think that was a massive that was a coalition of a lot of different government entities, and thirty nine million dollars is now going to come to um, advanced aerial mobility. So I mean that's that's a big win. I think leaning in more with Partner Tulsa, you know, Partner Tulsa, um, formerly TAO, Tulsa Authority for Economic um, Opportunity. Um, they're really thinking a lot about the Tulsa economy and how to grow opportunities here. Um, uh, Teo, uh, or Teo previously, but partner Tulsa now, you know, has been engaged with BTS's uh, N2031 initiative. They've been engaged with a lot of the different um, economic development efforts for black people. So I think the city needs partnerships, but you know, in some respects, the city still needs to get on board with the buy-in of, of what, what is happening with this movement. And things like that's okay to say too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Francis and then we're gonna come over to you. I think that's a cool idea. Um, and I actually think, you know, I've actually had a conversation with Dom at Act House about that. Because uh, doing that still is going to require, because, you know, starting a business with somebody is a big deal. You know, somebody could say that's as important as dating somebody, you know, getting on an app, if not more so. So how do you make sure that the match is good there? Um, I think that's an incredible idea. And I actually think Act House could be leveraged to help um, figure out which entrepreneurs should be starting businesses with locals. 
Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting concept. Um, again, you know, to that point, being a co-founder is very difficult, right? It's it's not something that you can say, okay, you got a skill, I got a skill, let's go, right? <laughs> it's, it's it's a very difficult task, um, and you know, it takes a lot of you know personal development, a lot of personal relationship, you know, to get certain things done. Um, I do think it's interesting, right? Um, done right, I think it can, you know, it can work out really well. Um, but again, a part of that is um, some of what we were speaking about earlier is that one side of the coin might not be up to par as the other side of the coin, right? Just because the numbers aren't there, right? We can say, okay, well, we can find any founder that wants to come here, you know, for that type of opportunity. But how many founders can we find from here? that are able to say, okay, well, hey, we won't put you in front of a company. We want you to lead it, right? It's, it's probably not as many on the other side. Or, you know, again, you know, done right. But again, I don't know how long, you know, we can get to that point. Go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to say, anytime you, th you hear about ideas that can happen in Tulsa, the done right is always going to be the caveat because we got a history of not doing things the right way. And Sometimes even if you have the right idea, you don't do it the right way. It's not gonna it's not gonna move. So that's that's always key. Yeah. Do you think you're in That's one of my number one pet peeves with the city and how we do things. But I will say, I mean, I think Desiree know, you know, there's some there's some interesting investments coming to both North and East Tulsa, pretty big ones coming here pretty soon. But um, I, the problem you just highlighted is probably the main problem that the entire ecosystem of Tulsa has right now as it relates to, to its talent, you know. But that's partially because Tulsa's a growing city and when you're a growing city, the things that make headlines and make you look prestigious is what kind of talent are you attracting? What's coming from the outside? That's a metric that I think most of the entities that move in this city just frankly care more about because it helps get the city on the map more. But I don't I do think we're absolutely overlooking our homegrown talent. I mean, I've been a victim of it. A lot of other people here have been a victim of it. I mean, it's it's a thing, but we've, we've got to learn how to get around it. Yeah. And to answer your point directly, I would say yes, right, which is part of the reason why I decided to come back. Um, you know, be, even though it's okay, well, it's still outside, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talented individuals that had to leave, 
right? Um, they had to leave, you know, because they were ambitious, right? They were ambitious and they, they wanted to, you know, seek various different things. Um, for me, my goal was always to come back. Obviously, you know, the city has grown. Um, you know, different individuals here have grown, you know, to, to where I'm able to kind of step back in and different things are moving forward. Um, but the visibility of what we're speaking about is, okay, you know, I want to be visible, right? Because I'm real Tulsa, right? I'm real Tulsa. Um, you know, I went to Hawthorne, right? Hawthorne is where I learned computers, right? That's where they taught me. I went to Roosevelt, right down the street there. Um, you know, my brother kind of has a lyric where he's like, you know, I learned karate in Comanche. I spent tons of time in Comanche. I Played learned to play football to in Comanche. Well, you know what I mean? So so it's, it's different, right? You know, it's different. And and when, you know, that happens, I, I was speaking, one of my friends, you know, he's um he's an administrator at, a, at, a, at Rogers, right? And I went to Rogers and because um, we used to live off Harvard at one point. And, you know, afterwards, you know, after speaking with the kids, you know, we're talking and we're talking about different areas where they live, right? And that, that re it really hit me at that point because how excited they were that we were speaking about the same things. Like, oh, you used to live over there? Yeah, man, I live right over there by that house, you know, behind there. That store used to be this. And, and how they, you know, how excited they were. They'd be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I've never seen anyone that's right here where I can speak to them or I can touch them. It's, you know, it's always been on TV or it's been in, in this area of interest. Um, so that's my main, that's my main focus, right? You know, that's my main focus in combination with building the company. And that's really what's, what's driving me to, you know, to build the company where we want to go, right? You know, we have the opportunity to build a multi-billion dollar company here. Um, and I don't take that, I don't take that light at all, right? But, but doing so, that puts into, you know, a perspective to say, okay, well, hey, now, you know, another kid that lived on 46 in, in Lewis or, you know, another kid that was in Comanche or Burnham Manor or whatever the case may be to say, well, look, if I can do it like this, I can do it like that. I have the opportunity to do something like this as well, right? You know, my options aren't limited to certain things. And even in the respects of not just a founder, but employment, Right. Because that's really where the bread gets broken. Right. The bread gets broken in the employment. That's one thing I had to learn to be. OK, well, hey, if I get into one of these companies early in sales, well, I can get a piece of this pie. Right. And which was which is where a lot of these individuals and in some of these bigger companies become millionaires. Right. They get into Figma. Right. Figma just sold for 20 billion dollars two days ago. Right. A lot of people became millionaires just because they got into Figma 10 years ago. Right or nine years ago. Too, though, that's and that's where it goes back to the education and if, being able to know at a very uh, you know young age what you're getting yourself into, exactly. what you're signing up for, and so how do you know what to sign up for if you don't know how to speak the common language? Right. And I think that that's one of the bigger issues that I've noticed um, so far since I've been here because I'm from the outside, and it's the way I think that people should be searching for things is not what people search for. And it's also how they see themselves as well. Sometimes is what I, I see that as well. But it's also it's about being more place uh, place based as well. We don't always just have to gather people downtown to where we are and just force people to come here for all of our programming. We can go to where we need to go to make sure that everyone has the same access to the programs as well. And that's capacity. Yeah, it's access and capacity. Yeah.
Yeah. And that's where it's like being imaginative and like this is where we can partner with the city and the Department of Education. I don't know what it's called here. I'm from New York. <laughs> but, you know, but the Department of Education and that's where we can help. We're using entrepreneurial skill sets. How do we use that from the intra perspective, from, from corporations? How do we train our city officials to think like entrepreneurs as well? And when we do that, does that trickle back down? Does a trickle effect come into play as well? So it's like the deep partnerships there in the level of education. So I think it comes back into the common language that we we speak and that, you know, to understand as well, to really be able to um, move this work forward. So we have about two minutes left, and I know you had a question over here. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, should you have to pay for, you know, being in an accelerator program or a mentorship program? And how do you weed out people who maybe just want that early check from you versus actually get, helping you into that program? Pay for you to participate in their accelerator? No. Yeah, man. Don't don't ever pay anyone for you to participate, um, you know, in their accelerator. Because you know, what's the real value point, you know, for you, right? Um, there there are a few of them around, you know, that I've heard about. Um, I don't think they're very successful in terms of the back end. Uh, but you know, just to keep it short, now don't ever, don't ever one don't ever pay anyone to be an accelerator. Um, don't ever don't ever give anyone equity. Be a be a advisor <laughs> don't, don't, don't ever do none of that right you know because it's handicapping you know it's terrible on your cap table um you know it'll be bad for you within the early state as well yeah there's there's some accelerators that are notorious for messing up people's cap tables um some of them take way too much equity in in companies and um that's that's something that that's that's something in the game that needs to change to be honest you can't claim to be about bolster in equity but you're taking all the equity from the people you're trying to make equitable like you know that's that's not that's it not goes back down to language and education right yeah. right yep. right because you got to be a, you know communication is, is huge right you know once you're able to speak the language um you know that's huge and we actually probably should should have touched on that because that was one of the things that i had to understand as well right being able to communicate being able to understand the language even as a founder right being able to communicate with different people on you know what the story is of our company how can we structure this all these different terms that you know i didn't understand you know at, at 23 right but now you know more so do um but as you know these things continue to grow well actually just the one we just said cap table right 21 i didn't what is a cap table right what does that even mean Right. So but again, you know, those are things that as we continue to advance, you know, we'll improve on. All right. With that, um, we're going to end our panel. So thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you. We appreciate it for joining us today. And please stay for more panels um, for the Spark Summit. Thank you, guys.